Welcome to the Stronger Than Autoimmune podcast. As an autoimmune warrior myself, I understand living with a chronic illness isn't easy. You're not alone. This podcast is to give hope. I will interview individuals living with autoimmunity along with experts and businesses to provide knowledge and support. As a health coach, I understand there is no cure for autoimmune disease, but creating small changes can influence how we feel and be stronger than autoimmune. Guess what? This podcast is supported by listeners like you. There are three ways to show your support. One, rate the show on Spotify. Two, leave a review through Apple. Three, share the episode with an autoimmune warrior so they too can have hope and be stronger than autoimmune. Hello, Warriors. I'm happy to introduce Cassie Sopleton. She went from working more than 70 hours a week, but things came to a halt when she received the diagnosis of Crohn's disease. Since then, she made mind, body, and spirit a priority in her life. I brought her on the show to share her journey from an unbalanced life to a balanced healing life, writing books and having her own company called Wellness Collection. So let's get started. You also have uh, a new venture called Wellness Collection. Correct. So where do you want to start with yeah. the book or the Well, I mean the book so my first book was written in 2015, then my second in 2018 and that was in the employee wellness market because I had a company called Sabella and I was a, a corporate employee wellness company. So we would go into corporations and help with their wellness programs for their employees. Um, That took a major hit during COVID for obvious reasons, right? A lot of the corporations shut down and set their employees home. And so what I ended up doing was um, pivoting at that time and started Wellness Collection, which is a supplement company. It's something I've been thinking about for a long time and kind of thought, well, people are going to be wanting to focus on immunity and supplements and those types of things right now. So I launched that and a couple years into that and, you know, rocking and rolling with it. I'm about to write my third book. It's nearly done here. We'll be going off for editing. Um, I hope within the next couple months, I'll, I'll probably release it by the summer. And at that point, um, you know, it'll be a whole different game. So it's kind of, again, you know, like finding these things and slowly transitioning in and out of these roles and where am I going to focus my time and effort on? So all of them are in the health and wellness space. All of them are um, you know, things I'm passionate about. And so I love it and just kind of different facets of the same job. You said that you went to school after you got your diagnosis or Crohn's disease. Where did you go to school to learn everything that you're putting into practice now? Yeah. So I went back to school at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. So I became a health coach as a strong focus on nutrition. I also took a raw nutrition class and course, I have multiple like side degrees and trainings on, you know, BL, BLS, basic life supports on yoga. I'm an instructor for yoga. So I have my RYT 200, um, a fitness instructor, meditation instructor, things like that. But, you know, all areas, again, in the health space, um, kind of all focused on, you know, health and wellness, but more of the holistic than traditional route for sure. Yeah. And it took like you were talking about, it took some time to get to from A to B. And what would you say for somebody, I mean, we have a lot of autoimmune listeners, what would you say 
helped you take off from where you were at to where you're at today? I mean, the biggest thing for me was slow changes. I believe slow changes add up over time. Um, I think finding the right support system. So the people who are going to support you and whatever your journey is or whatever your desires are, I mean, the desires might not be what mine were, which is get off all these meds and live naturally and reverse that disease. Someone might just be wanting to get to the point of no symptoms or to remission or, 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 right. I mean, I do have the luxury of not having children and not being married and not having certain obligations. So I was able to focus in a different way, both financially and emotionally and intellectually than maybe somebody else would be. But I think the big issue, um, or the big, the big way to move forward is to figure out what do you really want? Like, what are you willing to do to get there? And then finding the support system and being able to get there and, you know, navigate it appropriately for your life at this time in your life and what you have and are willing to give to it. I like that question. What are you willing to give? Right. Yeah. Because I think anyone could reverse anything. I really, truly believe that. I believe the body is powerfully infinite and will heal, but it might mean quitting your job, moving from your town, leaving your family. I mean, there's a lot you might have to do in order to get there. Right. And some of the things we're just not willing to do. So what, what's appropriate for what your outcomes and desires are, and then how do you navigate that path moving forward? I think it's important to find a support system for sure. Yeah. So do you do client one-on-one supports or? I don't typically, I don't, um, I have in, in dire cases I would, just if someone had nowhere else to go and was really in trouble, but there are a lot of people out there that do, you know, there are a lot of health coaches that do nutritionists, a lot of physicians specifically now these, um, you know, private medicine physicians, people, you know, they, they basically, they don't take insurance because the whole insurance model is 10 minutes a patient and there's no time to do these types of things. So they know they can't do it, but they will do it with private pay. And so they're almost like called concierge doctors. And so, you know, if somebody's interested, that's a pretty good term to start with on Google. Okay. So now your main focus is the book and the wellness collective. Can you tell us more about wellness? Wellness collective? Yeah. yeah. Wellness collection is an online boutique of supplements. And so we started with a flagship product, which is called revitalize. And that is basically a vitamin, a mineral supplement, you know, antioxidant blend really powerful blend. Basically what I wanted to do was create something that covered almost hundred percent of everything we need in our day-to-day lives, knowing that most people are not eating appropriately. And this was almost like an insurance system of a supplement. Um, started with that um, and then grew another 13, 14 products in the CBD space. Of course, with all of the benefits of CBD and specifically around those of us who have, you know, different autoimmunes, there was a lot of benefit to be had there. So I started getting into it and was really excited with some of the outcomes. Um, And so I started with that. So both topicals as well as ingestibles, the topicals, I never imagined two years in, I would have a bike accident, shatter my arm, have two plates and 12 screws and all this stuff that I've had to go through. But I learned that the topicals um, are extremely effective with that type of stuff. So I've had a kind of weird shift that I never expected to happen. And I'm focusing a lot on those topicals, which were kind of like the things I added on because, oh, they'd be good, I guess. And then all of a sudden this happened. I was like, oh my God, they're a lifesaver. So they've become more of my focus and almost this divine intervention that a year and a half ago, I decided to do them, you know? So I'm very excited about it. They've saved my life. So 
you created these topical CBD products thinking, okay, it's just the next thing, but right. now you're able to actually try them out because yeah. of what happened to you. And reformulate them. So I actually reformulated oh, specifically okay. one of the products because of it. Um, cause I was mixing and matching and <laughs> anyways, long story short. Yeah. I mean, it was just amazing how those things happen. And, and I did have this intuition thing going on a, a year ago, like put that in, put that in. I couldn't figure out why it was so important to me. Yeah. And then this happened. It's odd, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I don't know so much, too much about CBD. I mean, you, you hear it, but how do you, how do you know what to take or which ones sure. or, you know, can you yeah. talk more about that? Since yeah. So there's two ways. Yeah. There's two ways of taking CBD one. Well, you take it either ingest it. So that means you literally put it in your mouth and swallow it. Um, there's multiple reasons people take it. Uh, a lot of people just that chill mood, you know, these people always are calling me with, you know, anxiety issues, you know, can't sleep, all these other things that, you know, I mean, it plagues a lot of people. It has for many, many years. Um, people take CBD much for that, for that chill effect, for sleep, for a better sleep quality specifically, because while a lot of people can get to sleep, they can't stay asleep. They wake up quite often. They're not in their deep REM sleep. Um, so it's very effective for those types of things. Topically, people can take it for joint or muscle enhancement, or if they have occasional soreness. I mean, the older I get, the more I realize everybody is dealing with that. You know, there's a lot going on. I mean, from my parents who are now in their 70s and 80s to my friends that are in their 40s, it just becomes more and more chronic as we get older. You know, there's a lot, a lot going on. So um, people use it for that. Um, you know, in general, we all need supplements. We're not getting enough magnesium. We're not getting, um, especially if you live somewhere like I do in Michigan, we're not getting enough vitamin D. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons to take supplements. And quite often I would say with people to start with a blood test to understand what in fact they're missing. Um, and then you can supplement from there, or you can just take a really robust multi, um, best to have it in a powder form or a liquid form, you know, powder of course is just mixed with water and turns into liquid, but especially um, somebody like me who has Crohn's disease or had um, what, you know, that's very hard to break down certain foods. And especially because I've had so much of my colon removed, my small intestines, um, I want my supplements coming as much as I can in a water-based, liquid-based product so that I can actually absorb it immediately in my stomach. So um, it's understanding your situation and what you need, and then going out and looking for the right supplement to check that box. Because, you know, if someone doesn't have digestive issues, a pill might work just fine for them. Yeah. So it yeah. just depends what you I mean. think a lot of us do. I mean, especially with autoimmune. Right. Totally. So that's good that you mentioned that, that they're water-based and there's all these different names of CBD. Like how do you know which type of CBD is yeah. going to so, work for you? So there are three types of CBD or three ways of making CBD. And so what you have to understand is CBD is what's called a phytocannabinoid. And they've identified 120 of those in the hemp plants. So a phytocannabinoid is, you probably heard of THC, that's the component that gets people high. There's CBN, there's CBG, there's all these different ones, right? But CBD is kind of like the real big healing one. But CBD is one of 120. And so when these all work together, all 120 of them are in the product and stay in the product, there's what's called a synergistic effect, right? And so what that means is all of them work together and they enhance each other. So that makes a lot of sense. Nature mm -hmm. is super intelligent and it's giving us things exactly as we need it, right? Well, when you take what's called the one way of making it's called isolate and that's when they take just CBD out. So the other 119 aren't even represented, they're gone. 
cheapest way of making it and also going to be the most ineffective product. Now it's funny because I'll see marketing out there and they'll be like, oh, it's the best CBD ever because it's isolate. It's only the CBD. And they're like spinning it like it's a good thing, but you know, it's all marketing. So it's really interesting to watch these companies go after that. So that that's one type. Then the other two ways of making it are either full spectrum or broad spectrum. The only difference is the full spectrum has the THC in it, but in a 0.3%. So normally it would show up, let's say, I don't know, maybe like a 2%. Because legally we only allow 0.3%. You have to pull out the THC and then put it back in at 0.3%. If people don't want THC, they can get broad spectrum, which is darn near the same thing. It's the other 119 of them just with 0.0% THC. So people might worry about a drug test. People might be driving for the Department of Transportation. People might just really not want the THC for whatever reason. Maybe they're in recovery or you know whatever. So that would take it out. There's not a whole lot of difference between broad spectrum and full spectrum. We don't even know. There's really no study showing the 0.3% of THC mm. is effective. It's obviously not even at the percentage that it would normally be because we can't do that legally. So I would always steer people towards full spectrum or broad spectrum. If you don't want the THC, go broad. If you do want the THC, you can go full. Okay. Thank you for explaining all that. Of course. It's, it's super confusing. It is. <laughs> yeah. Very. I like to draw it down on like a whiteboard because that's the best way to understand it. Even like talking like this, because people hear this and then 10 minutes later, like, which was which? You know, <laughs> the only one that's easy is isolate, right? I mean, that, that's yeah. pretty obvious. Well, thank you. And what about um, your Back to Balance book? I know we kind of touched on it. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I know you've been through so much. And before we talk about that, can you tell us where you're connecting from? So yeah, I'm, I'm close to Detroit, Michigan, in the middle of a ice storm. We lost power for a few days, but we just got it back and I'm feeling really good about <laughs> things. So that's a great thing. Oh, wow. I just went to go visit Michigan during the summer Whoa. and yeah, I, I probably won't be there during the winter. I'm, I'm in, I'm from Texas. So sure. yeah, it, it's totally different winters. It, it sure is. And Michigan <laughs> is our best. Since you've gone through so much with being diagnosed with Crohn's disease and to where you're at now, you had a big transformation. Can you describe what your life was like before? Yeah, definitely. I mean, long before even the diagnosis was a lot of imbalance. And that was something that definitely contributed to my disease, in my opinion, created my disease, manifested because of it. But, you know, I spend the majority of my childhood, like so many Americans do, eating the standard American diet, a very processed food, fast food, um, microwave meals, those types of things. I had a single mom who worked a lot. I mean, God love her. It had nothing to do with her ability to, you know, um, raise us in that way. But because of that, and because we didn't know how that bad that was as a society, for our systems, that is how we were raised and it took its toll. And so I spent many years as a young child with digestive issues in general. You know, I knew that I always had a very bloated belly and I had problems. And, you know, I also had a lot going on mentally. I wasn't dealing with some of my emotions. I was definitely made to be an adult at far too young of an age and had a lot of responsibility and didn't have that jovial childhood that so many people get. And that definitely manifests in disease. And so, you know, there was a lot contributing to it. And when I look back on it and I see those things, it's like super obvious to me in the moment, 
I was just living life. You know, I had no idea what was happening, but my digestive issues got worse and worse over time. And I would see doctors and they would basically tell me like, oh, we don't know what it is. It's nothing serious. You must have irritable bowel or we don't know. Just, you know, be careful what you're eating. And but no one really gave me real direction. And at the time, because I mean, I'm 45 years old now, that was in my teens. I mean, we weren't talking nutrition with doctors back then. It was hard to find people who understood this, could direct me and, you know, help me as a young woman figure it out. And so I never it's got still hard to find a doctor it to is. talk about nutrition. <laughs> it is. And, you know, the younger ones are being trained on it. And a lot of the older ones are getting interested in it and going back to school and God love them. Right. I mean, we all know it's a contributing factor in all of our life. Um, but yeah, I, I had a hard time finding the right answers. And then I had my um, appendix burst. And when I went in for surgery, they did a CAT scan and came out and said, you have a grapefruit sized tumor in your colon. And we'd like to explore that while we're in there. So they did. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like 20, early twenties at the time. And I came out and what, what they had done was they removed the majority of my colon, about half my small intestines, of course, that tumor, um, my appendix and told me I had severe Crohn's disease. And that that was it. There was the beginning. And, you know, it was a couple of weeks in the hospital of recovering. It was a pretty major surgery and me trying to figure out who to move forward and being told and being put on more pharmaceuticals than I can count and being told by doctors, this was just it. This was the way life was going to be. There was no way around it. And I didn't know anything. I did not know anything about medical. I did not know anything about this disease. You Googled it and it looked worse than what they were even telling me, you know, and oh. I just thought, I don't believe it. I, I don't know why, but I had this little time. I'm stubborn. I'm a Taurus through and through. And there was like this little <laughs> voice in me that was like, that's not true. You can do this, you know? And, and I, I believed it. And so I started asking, like, if this is a digestive disorder, why wouldn't my diet contribute to it? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It's incurable. I'm like, okay. Well, what if, what if, what if, and I just kept getting hit with no's. And so I remember thinking, I have to find a doctor who will help me with this. And I started searching in high and low for a doctor who would help me. And I finally found one after about 10 visits, 10 different doctors I visited. And he said, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm happy to monitor you. Like, let's oh, wow. try it. Yeah. And he was a super cool old school doctor, you know, and you know, the thing is, as a patient, we can't monitor ourselves and we can't check our inflammation responses and we can't see all of our markers and we can't write tests for ourselves and go to a lab and draw those tests. So finding a doctor to help me start to cut down my meds at the same time I was going back to school to get a nutrition degree and, you know, studying that pretty hardcore. I went raw vegan, which really helped me reduce the inflammation and, you know, get my disease under control at the same time he was helping me test and make sure that each one of these meds that I would cut in half very slowly, wait a few weeks, do the test, come back, do it again, wait a few weeks, do the test. I mean, this took a year. And in that time, I was able to completely reverse the symptoms and come off all my meds. And it worked. Thank you. Yeah. And I've never, ever gone in for anything ever again. I mean, I've been in complete, oh, so that, you know, they'd call remission, but I would like to say cured, although I, I know the FDA would frown upon that. But <laughs> nonetheless, you know, that's, that's what happened. And it's pretty astonishing to think that with the right people behind us and, you know, the right support, basically, that we can do these things and the right encouragement, to be honest. I didn't have a whole lot of encouragement. Everybody wanted to tell me how I can't do this. You're crazy. What are you doing? Just follow the doctor's advice. But I had my own encouragement. I had this little voice inside of me that said, no way, do it. Just do this thing. You, can, you got this. And I really, the reason I wrote my book and the reason this is such a platform for me and I spend so much time talking about it is I want to encourage other people 
it can happen. I mean, I think a lot has to happen to make it happen, but um, it's possible. And when you get the right team behind you, these kind of transformations can and will occur. Yeah. So you're a bull, very determined. Once you set sure your mind to something, right. it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. It might Sounds take a while, like, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll get there. But I like how you searched for the right doctor. I mean, you did not take no for an answer. You believed in that voice. So it's really believing in yourself first. Sure. And um, understanding the white coat syndrome. You know, a lot of people just believe if there's a white coat, we need to believe what they're saying and what they tell us to do. And I started working at a hospital and I learned quickly um, how these physicians were taught and that the schools that they go to are not only funded by, but the textbooks are written by the pharmaceutical companies. And while that path can be right for some, we just don't have books written by the naturopaths and books written by the kale industry or the (laughs) CBD industry or the, right? I mean, there's a billion different industries out there that won't have some harmful side effects, but can really help with a lot of that. And so once I realized that and started seeing it and had a lot of these physicians talk to me and explain that to me and how tests are done with some of these drugs, I started well, my eyes were opened, you know, my eyes were open in a major way to what is possible, but maybe not written down in textbooks. And so, you know, it's one thing to gamble your own life on it, which is what I did, but you know, everyone has to be determined in their own way to do that because I think it's irresponsible to go out and just say to people, you should just get off all your meds and go do this. You know, it's, it's not okay. Like we have to follow that little intuition inside of us. And as if someone's intuition is saying, take these drugs, it's the only way out, then that's probably what's best for them. Mm -hmm. But you know, differentiating between fear and intuition is an interesting thing. And so I like to teach people a lot about that as well. Yeah. And that's what I found very interesting when I was doing my research on you is that you integrate this mind, body, spirit mm-hmm. with your, well, first of all, you integrated that. It sounds like you integrated that way before you wrote your book. Sure. Could you talk more about that? Yeah. You know, I, I think the mind, body, spirit, I call it a tripod is probably the key to my foundation of health and life in general. And this idea that if we're looking at a tripod and it's holding a camera and one of the legs was substantially shorter than the other two, we know what would happen, right? It would fall over. But when we think about the body and we think about the mind and we think about the spirit, quite often we have them siloed. And a lot of people think about health being just the body. And I think COVID really opened our eyes to understanding that it's mental as well. And I think in the spiritual community and in the healing community, we talk a lot about spirit. So people understand that, but still, I think we keep them in these three separate silos. Um, Whereas I I love to see them integrated and people understand that they have to work on all three of them equally because they affect each other so much that if you have one stuck in a place, the other two just simply cannot move beyond it. And I think that was my key to healing. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time, like I said, I went raw vegan. I didn't even know there was like such a thing as raw vegan. I just followed my intuition mm-hmm. and started going to the store and buying raw foods and packaging them for the week. It was the only way I could make it work with my life at the time. And then it turned out I went vegan and long story short afterwards, I thought, Oh my God, there's like a whole movement around this. <laughs> and then I went and got trained from some of those people. And I learned so much. I was like, Oh, that's why it worked. And I went even further into it but that wasn't a sustainable lifestyle forever. It was beautiful in order to get my inflammation under control. And it was a wonderful way to help halt my disease, 
But a lot of times long-term that can lead to diet deficiencies and nutritional deficiencies. And so within a couple of years, I slowly started adding little things back in. And again, very much based on my intuition. Like my, I check in with myself, like, is it still appropriate to eat like this? I've never been dogmatic around the way I eat. I always want to check into my higher self or my spirit or that little voice inside of me and just say like, am I still doing this right? And I sometimes will go 15 years without eating something and all of a sudden be like, I think I'm supposed to have some eggs. Like what the heck was that? <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. But I imagine there's a deficiency in my body and I'm craving it for a reason. And when we're tuned in, in a certain way, um, we can feel those things and we need to follow our intuition and we need to follow our gut check on those things. So I think it's very important to integrate those three together in order to have a balanced and healthy lifestyle. Before and after, can you describe what you did to relax before you got sick? As opposed oh to now? Yeah. Drugs and alcohol. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a real good way to numb. I always say this. Um, so when I, when I think about where I was energetically, when I was sick, you know, it was down here and drugs and alcohol brought me up to here. And now through the course of getting to know myself, meditation, focusing on spirituality, rest and relaxation, all the things, love, allowing love in my life in a different way. So we were here now I'm here and the drugs and alcohol bring me down here. So it was like, at one point those brought me up. And they really felt good and they took away the stress and the problems and whatever. And now if I were to touch those things, they bring me down. And so I don't, <laughs> I just choose not to anymore. And slowly over time, what happened was like one fell away, then the next fell away, then the next fell away. You know, they just slowly fell away out of my life. I didn't want them anymore because they started making me feel worse. Whereas before mm -hmm. they made me feel better. Um, and so now what do I do to de-stress? I I, I definitely relax in a different way. I, I live with my boyfriend. We've been together five years now. We've been living together for three years and he has taught me relaxation like nobody has ever in my life. He's, he's a pretty chill individual and I am definitely like high strong type. I, I love reading. I love meditating. I love, like I listen to a lot of different audios and, you know, stress reduction type stuff. I love channelings like Cryon and Abraham Hicks and there's a whole and they are really relaxing to me and they help me get into the right state of mind and kind of let the BS go and just hone in on the things that are important. Mm, well, thank you for sharing. My pleasure. Describe sleep. That's sleep, another yeah. huge one. It is. And we're coming up on the time change real soon here, spring forward. So we're about to lose an hour. Um, you know, so many of us fight sleep because we think that we have commitments and things to do and I think people glorify busy and they wear busy as a badge of honor. And I used to do the same. And now I just absolutely do not. I won't let that happen. I think busy is silly, to be honest. I think busy is unproductive. And I think when I'm busy is when I do my worst work. And when I'm chilled and relaxed and inspirated is when I do my best. And sleep is so important. And I, I do think all of us need different amounts and different amounts based on what we're going through in life not only like our age and the season of our life. Um, but you know, if we had injuries or illnesses, or we're just in the middle of a lot of stressful times, we have a cold, we have, you name it. I just, uh, this summer got in a bike accident. It was pretty severe. And I had oh. reconstructive surgery on my arm and I have been sleeping so much. My body just needs rest. I am repairing and regrowing bone and working at physical therapy two hours every single day. There's nothing more important than getting my movement back and you make fun of me all you want. I don't care. You know, like my body <laughs> needs it. Yeah, and it's so very important. 
it sounds like you really knew how the before and after contrast with that because you came from the corporate you know i would say nine to five but let's all be real there's no really nine to nine, nine five. right it's exactly yeah so describe now with your living how do you because you have a book you have your own company you're a speaker mm -hmm. you do so sure. many different things how are you able to manage all those things and prioritize sleep prioritize your wellness do anything outside of the allotted time I have for it. And I have keep a very strict schedule. And so what I mean by that is like when I, I, I wasn't an author, I've never written a book. And I remember just saying, I am going to block off every Wednesday from 4 PM to 9 PM and every Sunday from noon until five, every single week until I get this book written. And it took me two years, but you know what? I never had this like, Oh my God, I have to sit down and write nonstop until it's over and not sleep or not eat or not. Whatever. It was like, there's no do there's no due date. <laughs> I don't have a publisher, <laughs> you know, yeah. this is just something I want to do for myself and for others. And I keep getting asked the same questions over and over and over. So I might as well write a book on it. And you know, that way I'm going to save myself a lot of time in the long run with all the one and two hour conversations I've been asked to have with people's. And I, that's kind of how this all started. I figured it would be a good way to get that all written down and, and out there, but it ended up turning into much more than that. But I try really hard not to work with people or corporations or People who like, again, you know, the, the tail wagging the dog who are going to try to make me jump to things or not giving the appropriate allotted amount of time to get things done or giving me big projects and wanting it back next week. I'm like, no, no. Otherwise, my weekends are 100 percent to myself. I allow myself just to be in my place doing whatever I want, which is quite often relaxing or with friends or family or my boyfriend and his kids and keeping strong boundaries is the important part in order to maintain a work life balance. Yeah. And you had to learn all these things. Sure. And I mean, it's again, I'm 45. I've been doing this for quite some time since my early twenties. And I spent my twenties not doing them <laughs> and look how it turned <laughs> out, you know? Yeah. So it, it definitely, even after my Crohn's surgery, like I remember going back and I mean, I, I did quit my job and I turned it, turned it into a different job, but I was still like all work. I need to do this. I need to do this. It wasn't really until my thirties. I kind of took a step back and was like, no. Okay. So it took that. some time to change it did yeah 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 it, I, I think it does for everyone you know yeah yeah and it sounds like these are habits how would you describe what initiated that spark of okay i need to really change so i, I don't think it was so much like one time well the, the crohn's disease definitely was a, a huge it was a push forward because it was a diagnosis and a major surgery and Am I going to be on these drugs the rest of my life? Which by the way, every drug gave me a side effect. They want to give me another drug for. And I was like, hold on. I am 24, 25 years old and I'm on 40 some pills. Like no way. But you know, I do think like everything in life, like, so if, if we have these, you know, lifestyle over here and I'm holding my hands up for those who might be listening and not seeing on one side of the spectrum is totally unhealthy. And on the other is complete health, like perfect, you know, doing everything right. And it's like, I started over here on the most unhealthy and I had to take one step and one step and one step. And I do find every single day, every single month, every single year, I'm just getting healthier. Now there's always going to be setbacks. So like it's two steps forward, three steps forward, four back. But when I meditate or just take some time and I, I hear those things, I correct them and I take immediate action. And that's what I think is important in life. You know, as we just keep going forward, no matter what, because we're never going to be perfect and things will knock us off and, we will go backwards and then we get back up and move forward again, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's kind of like what you said about, you know, you had an injury and you had oh, surgery yeah. and the, that, you know, a few steps back, but absolutely still doing things to push forward, getting more sleep, continue supplements, continue your PT. Yep. And how, what would, I mean, we, we've been talking a lot about what you do and what you did and how life was back then. So what do you do now? Well, I do a lot of walking. I live in a town that I can walk into town, which is, was a big part of why I moved to, I just moved. I lived in the same home prior to that for 20, 22 years, I think. And finding powerful connections and relationships. And I think so many people think that has to come with your family, maybe, or your close friends. And I've gone through a lot being a 45 year old woman who's never gotten married, never had children. Like a lot of my friends have gone on to get married and gone on to have babies. And that just changes their lifestyle. So they're not always available for their single girlfriends. And I totally get that. But like a lot of people at when that happens, they get in this place of like, no one has time for me. Mm. I don't have any friends. Nobody cares about me. And I'm like, really? Cause go in your neighborhood and meet your neighbors. I think connection is so huge. And we all kind of let it go out of shyness. Yeah. And I, I find it a little silly because people are like all wanting to connect everywhere I go. And I'm, I might be the first one to say, hi, I'm Cassie. I'm such a dork, but like, I need friends in the neighborhood to walk with. Do you want to walk? And they'll laugh and say, yeah. yeah. And then they go on to tell me like, I, I love that. Cause now we're good friends. And I would have never done that because I was too shy or I would have thought you wouldn't have wanted to meet me or whatever, you know I mean? So I think there's a big part of like getting out of your own way and making friends in weird, extraordinary ways. And sometimes like that's, the juiciest part of life. And I think that's a huge part of how I de-stress. And it sounds like it's almost it's a part of a spirituality, at least from my perspective of feeling that part of your soul of connection. You know? Totally. You got that right. I agree completely. And I, I tell people often, you know, when they're like, what's the difference between spirituality and religion? Cause it can be religion, but quite often it's not. And sometimes spirituality is simply kindness and, you know, getting out of your own way and being kind to a stranger and seeing where that takes you because it can be pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Why did you make this book? Yeah. Can say. I mean, I, I literally, it was my first book. And the reason I wrote the book was because I was getting so many phone calls by people who saw me go through a very serious situation, right? I mean, people I knew not only in my work industry, but friends and family, and they saw this girl who was in her early twenties and maybe not the healthiest and definitely a big partier and blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden get super sick and end up in the hospital for weeks and then come out really, really sick. And, you know, went lost 45 pounds in the matter of a year, came off all our meds, was this glowing example of wellness. And like, everyone would say to me, what happened? Right. I mean, cause you just see that and you're like, Whoa. And then when people started hearing I had Crohn's disease, because this was back when Crohn's really was not a popular word. It was now it is, but it wasn't then. And they would say, oh, my God, my through the years, you know, people would call me and be like, my brother, my sister, my uncle, my aunt, my whatever um, was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and they're lost. They're confused. They don't know where to start. Would you talk to them? So I found I was having one to two hour conversations, like two, three, four times a week for free, right? Not only for free, but just honestly, the exact same conversation. I was like, I need to just record this and play it for people because, yeah. you know, it's, it's the exact same thing. And so that's when I decided to write the book. And basically the book is um, a walkthrough of what I did in order to get my disease under control and what I did in the mind, in the body and in the spirits. 
And the book has, I mean, it's easy read. I, I call it an airplane read. You can easily read it in like two hours. But what it has that I think is powerful is at the end of every chapter, like a checklist. So a summary of everything we just talked about. And here's bullet points. And what I want you to do is pick one thing off these 40 items, right? And implement the, that this week. And, you know, and basically I, I kind of walk them through the steps of it. Um, and then next week, come back to the book and pick one more and the following mm -hmm. week, come back or just make a log of what order you want to do them and just check away week by week. Because again, that, that those steps, those small incremental steps we take from unhealthy to healthy or from an unhealthy lifestyle to a healthy lifestyle, um, they add up and it might take years, but just like my book, like I didn't stress myself out over it. I just, you know, Wednesdays and Sundays and Wednesday and consistency is key and then a book was written like, oh, look at that, you know, yeah. and that's how a healthy life is created. You know, I, I think about unhealthy behaviors and, you know, most of us are grown up in a home and we either have unhealthy or healthy parents that teach us one way or the other, but let's say it's unhealthy and we learn these unhealthy behaviors and then we go off to school and maybe we have some roommates and they teach us unhealthy or healthy behaviors. Just slowly, slowly you pick one thing up at a time and then you marry someone and you learn unhealthy or healthy behaviors. And then, you know, and then, and then, and then, and over time, typically in our society, we're becoming more and more unhealthy just because it's easier. It's not easier for the long run, but it's easier in the short term. And, you know, I, I want to help people realize you don't need to make this radical change. You don't need to go throw out everything in your cupboard or all of your skincare products. And, you know, you don't need to just go from zero to a hundred because that's how you fail. I want you to pick one thing you can upgrade today or this week or this month. And once you have that down pat, come back and pick another. And that's mm -hmm. how we slowly create positive change. And it yeah. doesn't overwhelm us and it doesn't ruin our bank accounts. And it, it just, <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's too much to try to do it all at once. And that's, I think how people fail. Yeah. I, I like how you mentioned that one, one thing at a time and take your time. I mean, we didn't learn how to, like you mentioned, we didn't learn how to be unhealthy you know, right. overnight. So yeah. why do we think we're going to, you know, create health overnight? Sure. So, yep. yeah, I would love to support anyone with that. My book is on Amazon. It's only fourteen ninety nine. I think it's, you know, a, a quick read and I, I hope I'm told, um, quite valuable and helpful to people who need it. So I, I would love for anyone to pick it up and check it out. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for coming on the podcast. I thank you for having me. Your tenacity and your ability to really break things down and be understood. It, it's very clear. And I appreciate that. Anything you want to share that I'd have not asked for people that have autoimmune disease? No, I mean, I guess, yes. I, I mean, just a word of encouragement, you know, I mean, we're so busy being told why we can't, can't, can't. And I am a living example that we can. And I promise you, not only you Desiree, but everybody listening, I am no smarter, stronger, faster, more wealthy, more, you know, educated or supported than you are. I promise you that like every single person that's listening to this can do what I did. And again, figuring out what you want to do and taking it slow and just following that little voice inside of you that says, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can is a really important piece and a step that I think we all need to be reminded of daily because we're so busy being told you can't but you absolutely can. And, you know, you should to whatever degree you want to. And I think it's important to get started because, you know, today's, today's no better than any other day. You know, it's, it's one of the best out there. That's true. Start now. Yep. All right. Thank you so much, Cassie. And I thanks for having a me. Wonderful day. Thank you. You too. 
Connection, support, and consistency to moving forward for health seems to be Cassie's way, at least from my perspective. I wonder what you took away from the podcast. If you are looking for her book on Crohn's or interested in her CBD products, check out the links in the show notes. If you're needing extra support, check out a free online autoimmune support group on Thursdays through a free app called Isla Health. See the link in the show notes. Until next time, be stronger than autoimmune.